Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Jekka, and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report, more specifically, the NRL Round 12 Preview Podcast, and even more specifically, the Indigenous Round Preview Podcast. A fantastic round to celebrate the culture this country was literally built on. Uh, it's a fantastic culture, the oldest in the world, uh, so rich as well, a lot of uh, fantastic stories and it's a great time to just educate ourselves on those whom really this land belongs to. So it's a fantastic round. Of course, so many legendary Indigenous players over the course of the competition. Uh, none more so than the late, great Arthur Beetson. More recently, you have guys like Jonathan Thurston, Greg Inglis. Now you have the likes of Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, and of course... The reigning Delia medalist, Nico Hines. So it's a tremendous round with a lot of importance and a great time to really just immerse ourselves in the culture and learn a bit, educate ourselves. So fantastic round, cannot wait to get right into it. And of course, we've got eight games to get amongst as well. So it's going to be a fantastic round. And as I said, a bit more significance than your usual round of the NRL. This is Indigenous Round. And now, there's nothing else to do but get amongst it. The NRL Indigenous Mamma mia! We are going straight in for Round 12, starting with an almighty bang. It's going to be the Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp Stadium, home of the Yagera and Turbal peoples. Also, apologies in advance uh, for any mispronunciations of the indigenous uh, versions. But yeah, I'm giving it a red hot crack. I'm in the spirit of it. But yeah, apologies if I butcher it. But we've got the Broncos at the home of the Yagera and Turbal people. We have the Panthers, uh, says Darug. Uh, so every. Every team has their own story. Each part of land has its own bit of history, uh, which interests me a lot. And this game interests me a lot. For the second time this season, we are going to see the defending back-to-back premiers up against the Brisbane Broncos, who have just dropped to second after leading the competition all season. Brisbane started this year with a statement victory, a one-point win over the Panthers, at Penrith's home ground, now at Suncorp Stadium, we're going to see them do it all again. Can the Broncos do it again? Can they beat the Panthers? Well, it's going to be very interesting. Broncos, of course, coming off that loss against Melbourne, whilst Penrith had their best performance of the season, absolutely blitzing the Sydney Roosters. So it sets us up for a tantalizing clash. Unfortunately, no Adam Reynolds after suffering a Category 2 head knock, so he'll be out of this clash. Massive loss, too, when you consider uh, the stakes of this matchup. 
but that'll see Jock Madden come into halfback. Uh, that's the only change for Brisbane. And for the Panthers, they are going with the same 17 that absolutely destroyed the Roosters. And I mean, why wouldn't you? So on paper, this is a fantastic matchup. Most probably the match of the round, to be honest. So we get that first to really set the tone for what's ahead this round. And look for Broncos. It's a huge chance for them to show that they can get the job done without one of their main men. I've mentioned before, Adam Reynolds, Payne Haas, Patrick Carrigan, uh, the three of them, when you take even just one of them out of the side, see Payne Haas when uh, he didn't play against the Rabbitohs, the Broncos have a tendency to fall apart without these guys, which makes sense. They're super influential. Uh, but when Payne Haas was missing, they got destroyed by the Rabbitohs. Last weekend, with no Adam Reynolds, they lost. So the big test here is can the Brisbane Broncos still be an elite football team without their little general, their man calling all the shots in the halfback, Adam Reynolds? It's going to put a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of Jock Madden and Ezra Mam. But look, Ezra Mam, the way he's been defending this year has been exceptional had a try-saving tackle against Melbourne, and this will be a great opportunity for Ezra to kind of have a chance to lead this team around alongside Jock Madden. Now, for the Panthers, I mean, they're just going to want to keep playing the way they have been. Destroyed the Roosters. Now they head to Brisbane to try and get one back against the Broncos team that beat them in round one of this competition. Um, there are plenty of Indigenous stars on show in this one as well. Katoni Staggs, Selwyn Cobbo, uh, you've got Tyrone Peachy. There are some phenomenal stars, uh, and it's going to be a great way to start this round off. Now, Liam Martin on the bench, uh, which I found interesting. So they're easing him back into action. Zach Hosking and Scott Sorensen in the back row. Scott Sorensen played as good as anybody in round 11. Now, second versus third. This is a hugely important matchup. I'm going with the Panthers. I reckon the Broncos are still a massive chance, especially at home, but I've just found that when you take out someone like Adam Reynolds or Payne Huss or Patrick Carrigan, the Broncos, they regress quite a bit, more so than other teams when they're missing their star players. So I do worry that without Adam Reynolds, Broncos not going to be as much of a threat. Very happy to be proven wrong though. But on the basis of them missing their star halfback, I'm going to go with the Panthers. They seem like they're really starting to gel, starting to click. And look, I love their edges. Hosking, who was at the Broncos last year. Scott Sorensen. You bring Jamin Salmon off the bench, as well as Liam Martin. And I just feel like on those edges, they'll be able to trouble Brisbane. Payne Haas is a problem. Same as Patrick Carrigan. Uh, but when you look at the Panthers, I feel like Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris, Isaiah Yo, those are all very capable footballers at being able to shut down the go-forward of the Broncos. So for the first game this weekend, and arguably the best game ahead of us this weekend, I think the Panthers are going to get it done, uh, but Broncos, if Broncos can start fast, there is definitely a chance they can win this, but we're going to be decisive. No fence sitting here. 
Uh, so let's lock it in and get amongst the Friday games. I'm going to go with the Penrith Panthers over the Brisbane Broncos. I think they'll be able to just contain the Fords of Brisbane. And on the back of that, especially with no Adam Reynolds, I expect Penrith's halves to really control the game and dictate how this one plays out. So I think Jerome Luai, who was my player of the round in round 11, alongside Nathan Cleary, I I just think together they're going to prove a little bit too much for a Brisbane side missing their main man. Lock it in, Penrith Panthers over the Brisbane Broncos. Now let's get... From two of the informed teams of this competition to two of the biggest bed shitters at this point, the 16th placed Dragons. Now let me just have a squiz. We've got uh, Darawal and Ewan. It's the home of the Bidigigal and Bidiagal peoples. Sorry for that. Sorry for butchering that. Um, look, I just think Dragons in a pretty tough spot. They're hosting the 10th place Roosters who got their pants pulled down and absolutely smacked, embarrassed to the maximum. So both these sides at a bit of a low point. Of course, Ryan Carr now coaching the Dragons. Um, Anthony Griffin, gone. I guess that's the biggest talking point, isn't it? Anthony Griffin is gone. They finally made that move. A move we all saw it coming. We all saw it coming. Dragons... Just a mess. I'm glad that it's... I mean, I'm not glad it's happened, but it was always heading this way, and, like, at least it's happened now, so I can stop always mentioning what a bunch of dead shits the uh, border. But, yeah, couldn't have handled it more poorly, the Dragons. They've got a few former players in line with Jason Riles, the front runner. But, honestly, I don't know why you would want to coach the Dragons. Yeah, there's plenty of potential, but... Yeah... They're just a mess. They're just an absolute mess. As are the Roosters. One of the Premiership favourites going into this season. It seems like they just knew it. They're like, oh, on paper, we're Premiership favourites. Well, this game is not played on paper. And that was made pretty clear when the Panthers absolutely dominated them last weekend. So now, after some alarming performances for the Roosters... They finally got that slap in the face. They finally have that wake-up call. Like, hey, are you going to do something about this? Or are you just thinking you can coast to finals and you'll be able to just, you know, pick up steam once it comes to the final series? That's not how this season works. More competitive than ever. And these two sides met on Anzac Day. Roosters only just got home in that one. So even as far back as the Anzac Day clash, Roosters have left a lot to be desired, as have the Dragons. Like, the way they treated Anthony Griffin, just extremely poor. And both of these sides are going to be in for a response. There is no doubt about that. Now, for the Dragons, Zach Lomax is back in now that Hook's gone. uh, And we see Ben Hunt has been named at halfback, Jaden Sullivan back to the bench, Moses Embai has been dropped, and Jacob Little back into the side. So a couple of changes for the Dragons, none more noteworthy than the change of coach. So Anthony Griffin is gone. Congratulations to the Dragons as well. Way to fuck up a season. Way to just enter a season and be like, 
you know what, are we going for top four? You know, do we want a couple of origin representatives? Do we want to be a team that really surprises people? They were like, you know what, why don't we just write this season off before it starts? You know, it'd be an awesome idea if we uh, leak stories to the media about how Anthony Griffin is under pressure to keep his job. That That's the best way to set the tone for 2023. So yeah, the Dragons brought it on themselves. I've said it before, if I was a Dragons fan, I would be so pissed off at the people in charge. And I don't even think Anthony Griffin is the right man for the job. Like, I, I never really thought he was a good pickup when they first got him. But the way they handled it was just so poor. Like, either let him go before this season starts, or give the man a chance to actually work some magic. But from the get-go, from round one, Anthony Griffin was already basically a dead man walking. So it's poorly handled from the Dragons. They've basically just given up on the season before it even began. And now they're heading in, is it five or six consecutive losses? I've lost count. That's where the Dragons are at. I've lost count. They're just It's not even the players as well. They have a good playing roster. How can you expect quality performances and a side that are united standing one another side by side when the board are fucking all over the place. The coach is now gone. Like, no one's heading in the right direction. Even your captain and star player. Who knows if he's sticking around? Who knows if Ben Hunt is going to be a dragon next year? So it's just all over the place. I don't know how you're expected to win games when the board want one thing. In fact, the board want like 10 things. They can't even see eye to eye on one unanimous decision. And of course, the coach wanted one thing. He's now gone. Now you've got an interim coach who's trying to prove himself when pretty much the season's already over. It was over before it even began. So now Ryan Carr is tasked with this absolute shit heap. All due respect. And then the players. The players are trying to work toward one goal. But now reports Jaden Sewer might be looking elsewhere. Reports Michaeli Ravalawa might be looking elsewhere. Reports that Ben Hunt may be looking elsewhere. And they aren't the only ones within this squad as well. So no one's working toward the same goal. And it starts from the top and works its, works its way down. So from the top down, everyone's just, like I've said before, then not only are they not on the same page, they're reading completely different books. I mean, the board are reading how to fucking run an NRL club for dummies, apparently. And the players, I, I honestly can't even really fault the players. Because how can you have any faith in the jersey? when it's just such a mess. There's no clarity. You don't know if your coach is going to stick around, which he hasn't. You don't know who the next coach is going to be. You have no idea whether your main player, the guy who's literally shouldered the load for the last few years, Ben Hunt, you don't know if he's sticking around. So at the Dragons, it must be very confusing. And of course, players need to take a level of accountability. There is no doubt about that. They are the ones out there losing these games but it just stinks of a loser's mentality from the top down by the time we get to the players it, there's already such a losing mentality that is being breeded within this club or bred within this club 
when going into the season, it's like, all right, let's put this out to the media. Coach under pressure to keep his job. Boom, loser mentality from the get-go. So look, Dragons, you can see the players are busting their asses. It's not for a lack of effort. But yeah, I just feel like how can the 17 all galvanize to really, you know, push toward a final series when it is just such a chaotic mess. The board fucking all over the place. Coach is now gone. You've got an interim coach and it's just all over the place. Roost is not much better. Don't think they'll sack their coach. That would be pretty uh, pretty wild. But the Roosters, they are, they are falling well short of the mark. Well short of the mark. I almost said on the Weekend Rap podcast that I feel for the Roosters and their fans. And then I pulled myself up. I was like, fuck no. You guys are like the glamour club. You have every advantage, every resource available to you. There is no excuse. Roosters should be top four every single year with the team they have. They currently sit 10th, and they just seem like a team of players that just think it's all going to work out for them. Well, if you actually look back at the last couple of seasons, they've been very poor. They haven't gone deep into finals. Last year, they got knocked out the first week, and that from two of the informed... Now, of course, at the back end of last year, they were the form side of the competition, but you can't just, you know... Come out of the gate slow, be like, oh, we've got the talent, we'll get there, and then go on a run toward the back end. Because you saw, they had to give everything of themselves physically. By the time they made the final series, they had nothing left. So it just stinks of a club full of elite players that just know it. They just know how good they are. And so maybe they're not making as much of an effort to do the little things in their game that is what makes them successful. It seems like they're just leaning on the names in their side. They know that they've got a team full of international superstars. They're certainly not playing like it. They got belted by the Cowboys. They got smashed by the Panthers. Massive kick up the arse. And I think that's the wake-up call they need. So it's a bad time for the Dragons to match up against the Chooks. Uh, But in the same token Joey Manu out so maybe not the worst time so no Sam Walker of course no Joey Manu who's injured his ankle Luke Carey to 5'8 Drew Hutchison comes in at halfback his preferred position in the halves thank goodness he's not in the centers I did criticize that earlier in the year and then I was like who am I to criticize Trent Robinson uh, but then he has had some poor games Trent, uh, Trent Hutchison fucking new player created right now. Uh, Drew Hutchison, he was a gun half coming through, funnily enough, at the Dragons. Um, was a New South Wales under-20s representative. So halves is his natural position. I know he can play in the back row, he can play in the centres. Trent Robinson says he's the new Orbo. I don't know about that. I think there's only one Mitchell Orbison. And Mitchell Orbison was like an edge back rower that moved into the centers. That is like not the worst transition. You only move uh, one position further out. Whereas for Drew Hutchison, he's naturally a half. He's, he's just not a center for mine. But again, who am I to criticize? Uh, you know, I'm sure if I marked up against Drew Hutchison, he would burn me. But now he's playing in his preferred position of the halves. Luke Carey, Drew Hutchison. 
might actually be a bit of an understated combination. Could work a lot better than we think. Uh, now, we see Jared Warrior Hargreaves has been named despite being hurt uh, in the last game. And Egan Butcher, he returns. Satili Tupanua named to start with Angus Crichton moving back to the bench. And we see Fletcher Baker drop back to the reserves list. Rumours are that Fletcher Baker off to the Broncos next year. So a few changes for both sides, and rightly so. Now on the Roosters side, I do want to give one player a bit of credit. Uh, Billy Smith was phenomenal. In a team that got blown off the park, Billy Smith had a terrific game. So really good to see for a young player who has just had such a cruel run with injuries. Like think back as far back to just before Roosters brought Josh Morris over to the club. Billy Smith, that was his position. He just got injured, so that's why they brought Josh Morris over. Roosters have always had a high opinion of this kid. He's had to work his way back time and time again from adversity. So great to see the way he's performing. Uh, but he's about the only one I can say that is actually performing right now. Uh, very poor, the rest of this team. A lot of criticism of Brandon Smith, which is fair enough. But from memory, a couple of weeks ago, he hurt his neck pretty badly, didn't he? I thought he was... I actually thought he was going to miss a bit of time. So let's not forget, like, Brandon Smith and a few of these players probably playing through some pretty painful injuries to try and represent the jersey. I have faith that the hectic cheese will come right. It's just going to take a bit of time. The Roosters have a very different style uh, to the way that the hectic cheese likes to play from acting half. So they're just... They're going to have to learn to coexist, to kind of play a bit of the rooster's way. But also, you need to allow Brandon Smith's strengths to shine, which is his running game out of acting half. Right now, we're just not seeing it. But again, I'll hold my criticism, given that he did hurt his neck pretty badly the other week. So I'm sure he's playing well below 100%. And to be honest, the entire rooster's side... Uh, playing below 100%. But it's an interesting matchup. I am keen to see the battle of the halves, Amon and Ben Hunt against Kerry and Hutchison. And of course, the battle in the middle, Jack DeBellin, Blake Laurie up front against Lindsay Collins, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, throwing Victor Radley for the Roosters, Matt Lodge as well. I think Dragons, they're going to find it hard to contain those big fellas of the Chooks. But I'm going to go the Dragons here. And I don't know why. I don't know why. They smell like a dirty diaper. They fucking just lost their coach. They're in absolute shambles. And that just feels like... It just feels like maybe... Just maybe... Uh, the shambolic nature of the Dragons will cease for just one week. And they'll say, alright... I'm sure they could all tell. Anthony Griffin was gone. As soon as they said, you got to reapply for your position, gone. You may as well have just sacked him then. The only reason they didn't is because they were doing this at the start of the year. So it would have been ludicrous without even having results to be like, yep, Anthony Griffin, get out of here. But they basically said that before there were even results to justify. Uh, so now... Dragons under Ryan Carr, I still, look, I still think they're going to be a bottom side, no doubt this year. 
I still go back to what I say. Board's going in 10 different directions. The coach, gone now. He's going in a different direction. Interim coach has his own plans, his own direction. Ben Hunt, what are his plans? What are his directions? You know, it's all over the place. Zach Lomax has been recalled into the side. Like, the heads would just be everywhere. No one's on the same page. No one's working toward the same goal. And so I think it's going to be a rough season for the Dragons. And Roosters, look, it seems sensible to say Roosters are going to come out and they're going to play like we've believed they should play for this whole season. So it's scary to go against the Roosters. I feel even just saying this now, I look at their forward pack way better than the Dragons. On paper, they're way better than the Dragons. But what have I learned about the Roosters this year? This game is not played on paper. I cast my mind back to round one against the Dolphins. I went with the Roosters. Why? I looked at that Dolphins team. I went, there's no marquee player. There is no marquee player. I look at the Roosters. Holy shit, there's probably like 11 marquee players. So I thought, I'll go with the Roosters. They got absolutely blown off the park. And time and time again, I look at the Roosters and I go, oh, damn, that is a squad worth taking seriously. But the performances don't reflect that. And look, I cast my mind back to Anzac Day. The Dragons gave the Roosters an absolute run for their money, pushed them all the way, almost won the game after being down at one point. I'm going to go the Dragons here. I, I, I don't know why. If you ask me why you're going the Dragons, I'd just say, fucking beats me. Your guess is as good as mine. But sometimes, shambolic behavior, just, I don't know. Sometimes when a team's in shambles, they'll show up one week. They'll come, they'll come out one week and it'll be like, oh, wow, wow, the Dragons can play like that. And then they'll go back to shitting the bed. So, yeah, I'm locking this one in before I change my mind because... I almost feel like an idiot for saying this, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Dragons. I am going to go with the Dragons. Come on, Dragons fans, fire up, because seriously, I want to get this tip up. Uh, we're going to go St. George Illawarra Dragons. Could go either way. They're either going to get absolutely fucking dicked, or they might surprise us all. And I tell you what, I love a good surprise. So, yeah, let's go with it before I change my mind. St. George Illawarra Dragons. Oh, it doesn't even feel right to say. Dragons over Roosters. We are moving on. Why the hell am I... Our new ladder leaders kick us into the Friday night action. The marquee Friday night game. We have the first place, South Sydney Rabbitohs, a team with probably the strongest connection. As well as being a club that are known for doing the big lift for these huge occasions. So South Sydney, this game, this round, will not be lost on them. I expect, which is scary given how they've been playing, I expect an absolutely full tilt South Sydney Rabbitohs Allianz Stadium, home of the Gadigal and Bidigajal. That, that was definitely wrong. Uh, Bidigal people, my apologies. Rabbitohs, Eora and Gadigal, whilst the Eels, Darug and Baramatagal. Sounds quite similar to Parramatta, actually. Uh, 
but yeah, Rabbitohs, first place, Eels 14th. I don't see Eels making the top eight. They just, they just don't have it. They really just don't have it. Awesome team. Clint Gutherson, great halves pairing. Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, who's back in. Uh, for Jake Arthur, who, yeah, was given a lot of flack by, again, I said it in the we- Weekend Rap podcast. It was said that Eels fans were giving Jake Arthur shit. I don't reckon they're Eels fans. I just reckon they're fuckwits wearing an Eels jersey. Any actual fan of the club would have the decency to back a young bloke, especially a young bloke who literally did nothing wrong. Uh, Jake Arthur dropping back out. He's got 18th man duties, it looks like. And a couple of changes for South Sydney as well. We saw last weekend Tom Burgess was a late withdrawal. Uh, So Blake Taft joined the side. He's named in the number 14 here. And Daniel Saluka Fafita joins the bench. So no Jed Cartwright. Other than that, looks to be about the same. And two of the leading Indigenous players of the competition, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker. This round just seems tailor-made for them. And when you you consider the form that they're in, it is a bad, bad weekend to be matched up against the Rabbitohs. Now for the Eels, like I said, they've got some great players in the team, but the Eels in 2023 just, they ain't it. They ain't it. I, I don't see them making the eight. They're definitely capable of making a run of significance and scraping into the eight, but they just don't have it this year. Whatever they had last year and in previous seasons, they just don't have it, to be quite frank. This one, look, I, I run the risk of looking like a dickhead by saying this is an easy one. I said that uh, with Broncos against the Raiders. I said that with Panthers against the Tigers. So you could almost book in a Parramatta win here, but yeah, Eels just ain't it. And Rabbitohs are it right now. And just all signs to me point to a Rabbitohs victory. They are the form team of the competition. They are now the ladder leaders. And given its indigenous round, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, already absolutely lighting this competition up. So it just feels like it's just a bad time for the Eels to match up with them. And Para, their season is slipping away. This could be the loss that really just confirms 2024. Probably going to have to start making those plans. Uh, Bailey Simonson, I'm a fan of him, but just... Like, Penasini's an awesome centre, but they, they need another one. Simonson, I don't know. Love him as a player, of course, um, but yeah, they're just missing a centre, no doubt about that. I think Isaiah Tass has potential to really, uh, really have a huge game against Penasini. And when you look at who Bailey Simonson's marking up against, Campbell Graham, just all signs point to this being a uh, Bunnies win. So I think we can lock that in. Rapatos there, how good are they going? And they haven't even reached peak fitness either. Luttrell still warming into the season. Cody Walker really starting to fire now. Uh, so as we head toward the origin period, Bunnies, they're starting to position themselves very nicely. They have a quality draw uh, in the second half of the competition. I believe they have a bye as well in the final round of the regular season. So they're going to have a chance before the final series to take a week and just freshen up physically. This seems, more so than ever, 
like it really could be the Raptors' year to get that breakthrough premiership after so many close calls. This Bunnies team are really living up to the hype, and I just I don't see a world where Eels win this. Like I think back to when Eels faced the Broncos in Darwin, and I tipped Parramatta, and of course Broncos at that time were the ladder leaders. Brisbane were faster, they were stronger, they were more skillful. Like every aspect, Broncos were just on a different level to Eels. And I just don't know if Eels have the level to match what the Rabbitohs are dishing out right now. I think Parramatta's best chance is if the Bunnies come out and play poorly, play below their lofty standards, which could be a possibility. But then when I, just, when I see it's Indigenous round, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell... All signs point to a bunny's win. So why not just lock it in, hey? I'm going to go with a great deal of confidence. The South Sydney Rabbitohs to keep this unbelievable run of form going. Up against the Parramatta Eels, the season is slipping away. Much like an eel down the stream. Very slippery, very slimy. That's kind of their season right now. So, yeah, I don't, th- I don't, see, I don't see them turning it around. And I'm not a hater. I don't think they're going to have... An awful season, but as as far as like finals, as far as competing for the premiership, Parramatta aren't in that conversation. They're just not. They're flat out trying to get into the eight now, and they're behind a lot of teams. They're sitting 14th. Last year's grand finalists sitting 14th, and I don't have much hope. I don't see them making a run. I think they missed the eight this year. We'll see what happens going into the future. Like... I still think there's a lot of potential. Love their halves. Clint Gutherson is such an awesome heart and soul player. You've got Junior Paolo. Rumours as well uh, that Parramatta looking at potentially trying to get Joe Offerhengawi over from the Tigers effective immediately. But they don't have him yet. They've also lost Sean Lane. I just... I don't like this version of the Eels. I love the players. Josh Hodgson, one of my guys. One of my guys. Uh, But collectively, as like a team, and what they're dishing out, and the bigger picture of the premiership race, Eels are not on my radar. Rabbitohs, they're leading the way. Panthers, obviously, still the team to beat. But Rabbitohs beat them. Let's not forget, they beat the team to beat. Only a few weeks ago, not only did they beat the Panthers, they scored two tries in the final 10 minutes up against the best defensive side of the last few seasons. When that game was happening, as someone who had my money on the Rabbitohs, I was there like, nah, there is no way. No team is going to score twice in the final 10 minutes against Penrith. That just doesn't happen. Well, it did happen. And that seemed like that breakthrough win, that breakthrough moment, considering that the only team that have stopped the Bunnies from achieving premiership glory in recent years Every single time, it has been the Panthers. So for belief, for their season as a whole, it wasn't make or break, but that win now shows them. We can beat this Panthers side. Not only can we beat them, look at the way that they did win those two tries in the dying stages. So Bunnies, since that point, you can see the belief in their footy, and each passing week, they just continue to get better They are sitting on top of the ladder and I just, I I don't envision that they're going to come out complacent because Broncos 
a believer on equal competition points, and the ladder from top to bottom. Rabbitohs lose two in a row, boom, they drop straight down. Like, this is a very snakes and ladders season. And Bunnies under Jason Demetrio, given the significance of this round as well, I just don't see a world where they're going to be complacent. I think they're going to know exactly what's in front of them, which is going to be a game Eagles side. It's going to be a Parramatta side who are desperate and fighting for their season. I just think, though, Bunnies, too fast, too strong, too good. We're locking it in. South Sydney over the Parramatta Eels. Now let's get on. Super Saturday kicks off in Coffs Harbour. Beautiful part of the country too. Went to Coffs Harbour a couple of years ago on a little road trip. Beautiful spot. Beautiful spot. Home. Give me a second for this one. Uh, Home of the Gumbunya people. That was wrong. I don't want to seem disrespectful for getting these wrong. And, you know, I I definitely could have done some preparation. Um, I don't want it to seem like I haven't done preparation for just that. To be honest, I haven't done preparation for any of this. I'm just speaking from the heart. I haven't written any notes. I just dragged my fucking ass in from work. And I'm just speaking from the heart. I, I don't have any preparation for the entire podcast. So apologies for the butchering. I, I really... I'm trying here, okay? We've got the Knights in 11th place uh, from Awabakal. Up against the Sharks, Darawal and Gwergel. Um... That's that's going to be my homework for the week. I'm going to actually try and nail down these pronunciations. Weekend rap podcast. Watch me come back uh, with the full pronunciations. Apologies. It really is important. So I feel like a real dickhead for getting these so wrong. I feel like Awabakal is right. But yeah, I'm going to do my research, come back on the weekend rap podcast with all the correct pronunciations. Uh, but the fourth place Sharks. 11th place Knights. Newcastle, what a bounce back, what a response of the Bali shenanigans and, you know, ended up being storming a teacup. So Newcastle did exactly what you want to see from the side. They responded in style. Kalen Ponga, with his best game, not just this year, but his best game in a Knights jersey in a long, long time. So encouraging signs for Newey fans, for Sharks fans. They entered last weekend coming off the back of such an awful performance against the Dolphins. But like I said, I wasn't going to judge them on their loss. I was going to judge them on how they bounced back. And they did bounce back. They beat the Manly Sea Eagles up until the end of that game. The result never really looked in doubt. And Cronulla, I've explained before that there are five levels to winning a premiership coming from a bloke who's never won one, Uh, but five levels. Level one, level two, which is from Magic Round through Origin. Level three, post-Origin. Level four, final series. Level five, grand final. Like, you really need to have that extra level grand final day. Right now, I have Sharks as premiership contenders, but I haven't seen that fifth level. I haven't seen an inkling that they have that next level, and then that next level, and then that next level that is required to actually win a premiership. They have 
great attack, best attacking team in the competition, but there are still areas that need some work. This isn't necessarily a bad thing though, with plenty of seasons still to play out, as well as probably minimal origin interruptions, like I'd say only really Dale Finucan and Nico Hines are in contention for origin. Other than that, Sharks keep basically their full strength squad. So yeah, Sharks, there's still plenty of time for them to add those levels to the game. Uh, for the Knights, I don't see them as a top eight outfit, but I'm sure they see themselves as a side that should be pushing for finals. And a win here would actually make Newcastle relevant again in the top eight race. So it's a massive game for their season. And it's a big game for the Sharks too. Albeit a lower level of competition, respectfully as possible. Um, but this is a game they need to win. This is a game they're expected to win. And thus they should do so. No Cam McInnes though. For the Sharks, although they do get Oregon Kafusi back, and Knights going with the same 17. It'd be rude not to, after a huge performance. They put, what, like 46? They scored eight tries against the Titans, which says a lot about Gold Coast's defense, but I'm not going to take anything away from Newcastle, especially given that they were belted in the game before, and they showed up, they did exactly what they're supposed to do. Respond, show pride in the jersey, show passion for the club. They did all of that. And to be honest, up until uh, probably just after that Penrith game where they started having poor performances, Newcastle are showing up. They are giving it a red hot crack week after week. So there's a world where they can really trouble the Sharks in this game. But I'm going to go Cronulla. I am going to go Cronulla. I still have them as a premiership contender. And that's basically what it comes down to. This is a side that have premiership aspirations, whereas Knights are at a point where the goal is more try and get into the top eight. I don't think there are too many internal conversations as far as 2023 from Newcastle of like, let's go for the premiership. I don't think realistically they're at that stage, whereas Sharks, they are at that stage, so... That tips me in favour of Cronulla. I love the squad. Like I said too, they are not going to be interrupted. Other than losing probably Nico Hines, but Braden Trindle is showing he can do the job. Sharks just quietly sit fourth right now. Won't be missing too many players around origin time. And I feel like, look, the Dolphins thing was a bit of a kick up the backside to say, maybe you guys aren't quite as good or quite where you thought you were and they responded last weekend and I think we're going to see them continue their quality form so I'm going to take the Sharks over the Knights we'd love to see a Newcastle win that would make the season very interesting but in Coffs Harbour I'm going to go the Sharkies I just think they'll prove a little bit too strong so let's lock it in Cronulla Sharks over the Knights let's Up next, a game that a month ago, if I had an offer to sit down and watch this game, or the other option was to go to a dog park and walk around for a couple of hours picking up dog shit, probably would have gone with the latter. But, fast forward to the present day, it's actually quite a juicy matchup now. 
We've got the 17th placed West Tigers at Leichhardt Oval, home of the Wangal people, uh, West Tigers, Darawal and Eora, up against the Cowboys. Uh, let me just zoom in on here. The Wolgarabaka and Bindle uh, zone, I guess you could say. Uh, Cowboys 13th, but back-to-back -back wins. It seems like Cowboys starting to get the wheels turning, head in the right direction, whilst West Tigers, they lost to Rabbitohs in a first-first-last clash, uh, but two wins before that. So Tigers at Leichhardt, this, this is a game they need to win. It's a game they need to win. For Cowboys, also a game they need to win. And so what initially, and look, this is a term that gets thrown around very loosely, but initially this had shitslinger written all over it. There's no doubt about it. But now this is actually a very important game, especially for North Queensland, who are more so in touch with the finals race than the Tigers. Uh, but for Wests, they're showing signs of improvement. They're building uh, towards a quality future. So they're going to want to continue to do so. Best way to do that uh, is to get a few more wins on the board. Tigers-Cowboys. This should be a really intriguing one, 5.30 on uh, Saturday. Also, I see Riley Price comes onto the bench for the Cowboys. If you checked out uh, my performance highlights for round 11, on our Instagram, at not just a sports report. Uh, each week you'd see the knocking on the door segment, which is essentially a player in reserve grade who is stating their case as to why they should be in first grade. Uh, Riley Price ran for over 200 metres on the weekend for Townsville Blackhawks. And from both reserve grade comps, Q Cup and New South Wales Cup, Riley Price was the standout of the whole weekend. So... Look, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but yeah, the knocking on the door, not the worst segment, I'll tell you that much. Jaden Sullivan, he'd been nominated for knocking on the door twice. He's now in first grade. Blake Taff, a couple of weeks ago, knocking on the door. He's in first grade the week after. Ronald Volkman, knocking on the door. Played a starring role for the Warriors last weekend. And the most recent instalment, Riley Price, now finds himself in first grade again and deserves it, had a cracking performance. Uh, still no Jeremiah Nanai or Jason Taumalolo for the Cowboys. So they are a bit undermanned in the forward pack, but they have plenty of spark in the back line. Guys like Scott Drinkwater, Tom Dearden, Valentine Holmes. And when you look at their edge back row, Halem Lukey coming off a career best game, and he's going to make it difficult for Jeremiah Nanai to get back into that starting side. So Jack Gazeski and Helam Lukey have a great opportunity here to say to Todd Payton, we are the guys. We are your starting edge back rowers. They're going head to head with Isaiah Papali'i, John Bateman, uh, who are a very formidable pair. And as far as my tip goes, look, in a perfect world, I just wouldn't make one. Like, this. No, neither of these sides I enjoy tipping. I never tip either of these two with confidence, so yeah, this one, it baffles me as to which way I go. I've gone Tigers before at Leichhardt Oval, and they sucked, but they have been improving, so that's worth taking into account. And I've gone the Cowboys a couple of times, and they've sucked, but now they're improving as well, so hard to tell. Are these sides on the up, or do they still suck? 
We'll find out a bit this weekend at Leichhardt Oval. I'm going to go the West Tigers. Again, like, this is just one where it's like, I have, I have no idea. I have no idea who wins this one. But I'm coming off a perfect tipping week. Uh, they were all favourites, so I guess it's not that impressive. But, yeah, i got to make a tip. I'm going to go the Tigers. I like John Bateman. I like Isaiah Papali'i. I like David Klemmer. And I think forwards like this can really make a dent in the Cowboys' defense. Now, I know they've got guys like Ruben Cotter in the mix, but no Jason Taumalolo, no Jeremiah Nanai. I think if Tigers can impose themselves physically in the Battle of the Fords, I think they can sneak home. I think it's the last time, or the first time they've played since uh, the Cowboys' captains challenged after the siren and Tigers, Tigers lost in controversial circumstances. Weren't they going to sue or something? Like, <laughs> goodness gracious. Tigers do some stupid, stupid shit. Uh, but hopefully no stupid shit this weekend because I'm tipping them. I'm going to go the Tigers and I'm going to move on because I have no idea why I'm going the Tigers. So, yeah, let's get amongst the next game, which is an absolute beauty. Saturday night, it's probably the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. You've got the sixth place. Who, who thought we'd be saying this? The sixth placed Dolphins up against the fifth placed Melbourne Storm. Uh, now Dolphins, oh, a few different, I think because they represent so many different areas. Uh, we've got Turbal, Yugera, Ningi Ningi, and Kabi Kabi. Of course, playing at Suncorp Stadium, home of the Yugera and Turabal peoples. And the Storm, the Warren Warrenjeri, I believe. The Warrenjeri. Again, sorry for fucking this up so bad. Uh, but yeah, I am so keen for this. Dolphins up against the Storm. Only one spot on the ladder separating them. Dolphins 6th, Storm 5th. So, really important game. Top 4 impl implications. Uh, Hamiso Tabuifado at fullback for the Dolphins. Word is, he's going to be named in the centres over Dane Gagai come origin time. Huge development, if that is to be true. Uh, but going into this one, Wayne Bennett up against Craig Bellamy. Of course, massive news during the week. Craig Bellamy, going to go around again, has signed on for the 2024 season. But as far as this game, I really do see... The Dolphins is every chance. If there's one thing I've learned this season, it's that Dolphins never write the Dolphins off. I reckon they are a real good chance of pulling off the upset here. Uh, but at Suncorp Stadium, Melbourne Storm do have a tremendous record. So that is worth noting. And probably the biggest talking point when you look at Storm Dolphins, look at the Dolphins captain, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Kafusi. Three hugely important leaders for the Melbourne Storm over a long period of time. They are now leaders at the Dolphins. And you look at Melbourne Storm, and it's somewhat of a new era. Now, Nelson Asofa Solomona, Christian Welch, they are holding it down in the middle. But guys like Trent Luiero, Ali Katoa, and Josh King have had to take on a lot more responsibility uh, with the departures in the middle. So... Look, as far as storyline, that is definitely the main one. Uh, some real storm leaders now in Dolphins colours. 
And I really do believe that the Dolphins can trouble Melbourne here. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Just all around the park, the Dolphins are in tremendous form. Uh, but I'm going with Storm here purely because of my pointed difference. That being the halves. Cameron Munster, a player who the Storm also targeted, as well as Nelson, Asofa Solomona, Harry Grant, uh, but Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes. Up against Nikarima and Katoa, who haven't put a foot wrong, but I mean Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes. I think that combination speaks for itself. Harry Grant at dummy half, Nick Meany at the back. I just think the spine of Melbourne, they're going to be able to work wonders. But the key battle here is the Fords, no doubt, because Cam Munster and Jerome Hughes, they're not going to be able to do their thing if the team aren't going forward. So the key battle here, Nelson Asofa Solomona, Christian Welch, head-to-head with Kenny Bromwich and Jesse Bromwich. I mean, guys who would be great mates. I mean, these four, they were the ones, they were the nucleus alongside Felice Cafusi. They were the ones who kept the storm up the top of the ladder for the longest time. So now they are opposing one another. On the Dolphins' side, the Bromwich brothers and Felice Cafusi. Well, they would have plenty of inside info as to the Melbourne Storm systems, how they like to play, maybe how they're going to approach this contest. And on the other side, will Melbourne have a pretty great understanding of the way Felice Kafusi and the Bromwich brothers play the game? So I'm really keen to see who can, who can get on the front foot in the Battle of the Fords. I think ever so slightly, Melbourne can do so. Uh, but looking at the bench, I actually like the Dolphins bench more. Ray Stone, Herman S.A.S.A., Jared Wallace packs a lot more punch in the middle than Bronson Garlic, Aaron Penne, Tom Eisenhuth, uh, with all due respect. Although Tui Kamithamitha, uh, he is a real underrated cog in this Melbourne machine because they need all the starch in the middle that they can get. Uh, so Tui, I think him coming off the bench... Or maybe they're going to start him. We have seen Nelson come off the bench as well. So maybe Tui starts Nelson off the bench. And maybe that's how this game goes. Maybe Dolphins right in it. And then once Nelson comes off the pine, Storm start making their way forward. And I just think Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, they're just going to have a few, many, a few too many tricks up the sleeve. But again, I just if there's one thing I have learned this year, it's not to take the Dolphins lightly. So I'm certainly not taking them lightly here. But Melbourne Storm, it, they're kind of in that in-between stage right now. They sit in fifth place. At times, they look every bit a top four team. At other points, it looks like they'll be fighting for their spot in the top eight. But history would tell us that Melbourne Storm are a champion team. And if they want to be a champion team in 2023... This is a very big game. There are top four implications here. And Melbourne Storm, they see themselves as a top four side. Well, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. To, to do what they are doing still at round 12, at this point of the season, to still be in the top four mix. One, they're not in the wooden spoon mix like most people had them. Two, they're in the top eight mix. Three, they are in the top four mix. I mean, I just could not be more impressed. But in a game like this, I just feel like it has Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes written all over it. So I'm going to lock in my pick 
For the game that I am most excited for this weekend, of course, my beloved Warriors with the bye. Freshen up, boys. You've earned it. Uh, So with no Warriors this weekend, I'm looking around the competition. Who's going to give me a little bit of value, a little bit of excitement? This is the game for me. Dolphins are every chance. As far as putting money on it, I honestly might stay away. I've learnt to respect the Dolphins now. Uh, But Melbourne Storm, I just think... If the Fords can do their job, which Storm under Craig Bellamy, their jobs are simplified. The whole the whole purpose of the game day 17 is just guys going out there and doing their job. So I expect Melbourne to do exactly that. Go out there. Each player from 1 to 17 does their job. And if they can do so, I think they'll just have a little bit too much X factor in the halves. And I think this game will belong to the Storm. But what a game it's going to be. And if the Dolphins win, I mean, I've just given up on writing them off. They continuously impress me. I mean, how about that Sharks game during Magic Round? That is the latest example that we need to respect the Dolphins and take them as seriously as any other side in the competition. But I'm going to go the Melbourne Storm. We're going to lock it in. Melbourne over the Dolphins, which will then lead us to the Saturday action. Into the Sunday action. My fucking days. Got my days mixed up. Oh. Did I say Saturday? Did I say that? I meant Sunday. Uh, We've got Bulldogs kicking things off. 15th place. So 2023 season probably beyond them, but they are building towards something special. There's no doubt about that. 15th place Bulldogs, 9th place Gold Coast Titans, 9th. I tell you what is keeping them out of the 8? Their defence. That is the one thing stopping this promising Gold Coast side uh, from being a finals contender. We've got the Dogs hosting them at a core stadium, home of the Burramatagal and Wangal peoples. Uh, Bulldogs Durag and... or Darug, sorry. And Bidjigal Bidiagal people. And for the Titans, we've got the Yagumba people. So there we go. Sorry again for fucking it up so bad. Uh, Dogs. They've been playing pretty good. They've been playing above their weight. Josh Adokar back into the side as well. And Carl Oluwapu. One of the future stars of this club. Starts at 5'8". So gets his first start. Now Titans have named Alofi Khan Pereira on the wing. But there's talk that he's going to be dropped. Uh, which is interesting given he sits second on the top scorer list. Now I see Ken Malmalo in jersey 22, uh, so you'd have to suggest Big Ken probably comes in uh, for his Titans debut. Now this game, it's hard to get a read on. I have a lot of respect for the Bulldogs. I think guys like Jacob Preston, Tavita Pangai Jr., Reed Marnie, Matt Burton, The Fox, Jacob Kiraz, there are a lot of guys in this Bulldogs outfit they can cause some real headaches for the Gold Coast Titans. The Titans who have just such a such crap defense. It's really what lets them down. Uh, but then I just look at that Ford pack. Mo Fodawaka, Tino Fasil Malawe, David Fafita playing the house down as well. I'm going Titans. There's not a huge preview for this game. Bulldogs, they keep showing up and they are every chance of a win here. Whilst Gold Coast Titans, they're still in a position where they could go either way. They could drop down the ladder significantly, or if somehow they can just work out what the hell is going on with their defense, they could make a significant rise up the ladder. 
Uh, so it's a bit of a swings and roundabouts game for the Gold Coast Titans. For the Bulldogs, this is a development year. This is an important year to establish combinations. And going forward, I truly see the Bulldogs building toward a powerhouse. I'm very serious about that. If you've listened to the podcast, you're probably sick of me saying it. 2024, Bulldogs are on. I truly believe that. I just think this year, Cameron Sorreldo's only just got his feet under the desk. There are some new star players, a couple of them like Kikau, who are missing. I'm like, fucking hell. Sorry if you just heard my stomach there. A bit too much KFC before I started recording. Sorry about that. We're just going to continue low-key. But Titans, Bulldogs, I'm going Gold Coast here. Uh, They're away. They're coming down to Sydney. But Bulldogs, like I said, this is a year of development. For Gold Coast, they do not want to waste this season. They have such a promising outfit, an elite forward pack, some great young players within this team as well. And if they are serious about playing finals this year, they need to get their defense right. So up against Bulldogs, this is going to be a great test to see where Gold Coast are at defensively. Because there are plenty of threats across the park for Canterbury. I mean, Josh Adokar, Matt Burton, I kind of just named them before. But if Gold Coast don't show up defensively, they're going to get burned here and they're going to get embarrassed. Just like they did against Newcastle. But I just... I can't go past Tino Fasil Malawi, Mo Fodawaka, David Fafida. That's my point of difference, those three. I just see them having that X factor up against the Dogs Fat uh Dogs Fack? Fucking hell. Dogs Pack that has plenty of X Factor of their own. I just think Gold Coast, when you look at where their seasons are at, Gold Coast have a lot to play for here. And so if they don't show up, then alarm bells start ringing. I don't see either of these sides playing finals this year, but Gold Coast are definitely a chance, so they need to win here. I think they can do so, but won't be surprised if they lose. Let's lock it in, shall we? I'm going to go to the Gold Coast Titans over the Bulldogs, and that'll lead us in to the final game of the round. Finishing off the round, my second team. With Warriors having the bye this weekend, they're my first team, my guys. The seventh placed Raiders. Five straight wins. What a turnaround of the season. Up against the Seagulls. Quite the opposite. Three consecutive losses. They've gone from the top four to 12th position. Now it's a question of can Seagulls arrest this slide and stop the Raiders run? Or are Canberra going to make it six straight? And at that point, I think we start talking about where the Raiders stand in the finals mix because they're starting to make some noise. They've been disappointing at times, but five straight wins speaks for itself. Now, Tom Trebojevic was far from his best against the Sharks. It is interesting. I do wonder whether he gets named for origin. Uh, Josh Schuster back in for the Sea Eagles as well. Going to be interesting to see what happens there. Oh, Jake Trebojevic back. That's a massive in. That's the biggest in that Sea Eagles could possibly have. Uh, so an interesting lineup. Just checking them out. Uh, Kelma Tuolangi is out. Josh Alloyer is also out. And for the Raiders, really the only change is Zach Wolford drops out. And Danny Levi back into the team on the bench. That'll see Tom Starling start the game. And look, for the Raiders, you've got a couple of guys trying to state their case for origin. Josh Papali'i, 
by no means guaranteed a spot in the Queensland lineup. A squad he's been a legend of. It almost looks certain that he's going to miss out. Then you have Hudson Young. He's vying for a spot in the Blues team. Corey Horsburgh looking for a Maroons call-up. Uh, so Raiders have some forwards that are going to be looking for some big games over the next couple of weekends. And since the Jack Whiten saga has been put behind the Raiders, I mean, they couldn't be playing better. So they're in a fantastic vein of form. News dropped during the week as well. Jordan Rapiner has re-signed for a further season, as has Albert Hopawate, who actually is a former Seagull. And Albert, the last couple of years, he's been in the Raiders system. Uh, I've always had raps on him, but yeah, we didn't see much of him in first grade, which I was quite surprised about. Albert Hopawate uh, was one of the gun juniors coming through the grades. Now he's really starting to find his feet in first grade, and I feel like he'll be keen to have a big performance against a Seagull side that he made his NRL debut for. But as far as this game, it just seems not as straightforward as a side that has five straight wins against a side that has lost three straight. Seagulls have all the tools to be able to trouble the Raiders here. Uh, of course, Raiders are the Nunganawal, Nungabiri, and Wiradjuri tribe. Oh my god, I'm butchering this so fucking bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, Seagulls, the Kamaragal, Gayamagal, Garigal uh, area. And this is at GIO Stadium, home of the Ngungawal and Ngambri peoples. As I said, oh, my fucking stomach again. I'm so sorry. The wheels are falling off here. Uh, but yeah, my homework this week, learn the pronunciations. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be in the spirit of indigenous round, but yeah. Pretty, pretty disgraceful for me. I apologize. But look, it is indigenous round and it's a hell of a round to uh, celebrate. So if there's any week for me to actually just go out, educate myself and get these pronunciations right. This is the week, isn't it? So catch me on Sunday um, fluently saying these names. And apologies again, because it truly is important. This isn't, this isn't something uh, I take lightly. So yeah, I'm quite disappointed to have fucked it up so bad. Anyway, Raiders hosting the Seagulls. How does this one go down? I'm going to back the Green Machine. Now, the one thing for the Seagulls that gives me a lot more faith in their team this weekend is Jake Trebojevic. I mean, it just lifts them to a totally new level defensively. But I think they're going to have their hands full. The big red machine, Corey Horsburgh, Hudson Young, Joseph Tarpanay, Josh Papali'i. I just think Raiders are going to be too strong through the middle. And off the back of that, I like Jack White and Jamal Fogarty as a combination. More so than Josh Schuster and Daly Cherry Evans. Like, all respect to Schuster, but we have no idea where he's at. Mentally, physically, the last time I heard about him, he was getting on a, at, in a punch-up at training. He's barely been able to get on the field. So Seagulls, and then you look at Tom Trebojevic as well. He looks below 100%. So Seagulls, if they are fit and firing, they would beat the Raiders. I have no doubt about that. But I don't know if they are fit. And they're definitely not firing. Whereas Raiders, quite the contrary. They're starting to look fit. They are starting to fire Matt Timoko. I mean, if you're looking at a player who's firing, he is really starting to live up to the lofty potential that he had coming through the grades. I'm going the green machine here. I think they're in for a tough game, 
And if they're not willing to get their hands dirty and get into a real grinding contest, this will slip away from them. Because Manly, I think they understand that the best way to win here is drag the Raiders down into a dogfight. Manly are going to be up for that. So for the Raiders, if they want to win in a flashy style, if they're not willing to get dirty and have to play a bit of an ugly game, they won't get the win here. So Raiders, it's going to be up to their willingness to mix it with the Seagulls in those really tough moments, taking the tough carries out of yardage and making the tackles, making the tough tackles. I do think the Raiders are up for it though. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Green Machine. And if you've listened to the pod before, you would know my 2023 Dark Horse, the team no one's talking about. That I mean, look, going in the season, I had them as my Dark Horse. Uh, and then right before that Broncos game, I was like, fucking Dark Horse over. I'm done. I was off him. I was like, I'm done. I retract that comment. And then they won five straight since. I was like, okay, let me... Let me uh, retract that retraction. So they're my dark horse of the competition. Uh, I truly believe that on their day, Raiders can beat any side in the competition. Their problem is stringing it together consistently, which now they're beginning to do. But there's still a lot of work to be done. So this game is a danger game. Manly, they are going to be desperate to get the win here. They've got Jake Trebojevic back. Tom Trebojevic is going to be looking to press his claims for origin. Josh Schuster, look, he's had a tough season so far. He's going to want to have his best game of the year. I think this is going to be a cracking contest and a terrific way to finish Indigenous round. I'm going to go the Canberra Raiders. I reckon they can make it six straight. And I'm back on the Dark Horse train. I really am. So, like, in terms of Dark Horse, I was, I was talking, like, top four finish as well so they got a bit to, a bit of work to do they sit seventh and given the fluctuation of the competition a loss and boom they could be out of the eight a win and they're in top four contention so i'm loving the 2023 season it's very much a roller coaster and to finish off indigenous round i'm gonna go raiders over the seagulls now again it's indigenous round so wonderful weekend to celebrate the culture that this country was built on Again, I apologize. I butchered the names so bad. I should have prepared. Like I said, it wasn't that I didn't just prepare those names. I literally prepared nothing on this podcast. I just came in hot, stomach rumbling, fucking swearing like a sailor, speaking from the heart. And unfortunately, my heart is shocking at pronouncing uh, the true authentic names of these places, the true names. So that's my homework for the week. I'm going to come back on the weekend rap podcast. I'm going to give it a much better crack, much better crack, because it's truly important. And like I said, if there is any week for me to go and educate myself on how to say these things properly, it's a perfect week to do so. There's no excuse. I said at the start of the podcast, it's a great week to educate ourselves about this podcast. And I mean, What's the point in saying that if I'm not willing to go and do that myself? So that's my homework for the week. Not only am I going to go and learn the correct pronunciations, I'm also going to make a concerted effort uh, to have a bit of dive into the history of these places, into some of the backstories, uh, so that on the Weekend Rap podcast, I I will have some preparation behind me. So again, apologies. I know a lot of people won't mind, but 
yeah, it, it's very important. So I don't want it to seem... I mean, it sounds much less important when I'm fucking it up so badly. But it's very important. Indigenous Round, what a fantastic occasion. And yeah, you can catch me on the Weekend Rap Podcast, pronouncing things to the best of my ability. But that's it for the preview podcast. I've mentioned Weekend Rap a couple of times. If you're new to the podcast, Weekend Rap is essentially my review podcast. So this is the preview. Then on Sunday, sometimes Monday, uh, after the games, the Weekend Rap, basically discussing what goes down in all eight games. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, I will have the pronunciations down pat. Truly do apologize for that. Very fucking slack. But those are the tips. I'm coming off a perfect week. Who knows? Maybe we can make it two perfect weeks. Probably not, though. I've put my trust in some real dodgy operators like the Dragons and the Tigers. So I'm probably going to get what I deserve. But those are the tips. That's the preview. Some games probably a bit more in-depth than others. But I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, you can follow us on Instagram at not just a sports report. And my stomach is heinous. So I'm just going to sign off before, you know, more audio integrity issues arise. Well, who knows? I could fucking, I might even shit my pants. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on uh, with my insides at the moment. Uh, did someone say KFC? Not me. I think my stomach is saying KFC. I think my stomach is saying no more KFC. Please stop with the KFC. And speaking of KFC, actually, I know this is totally unrelated. I'm also not sponsored by KFC. I mean, listen to my stomach. It's not an advertisement for KFC. I think I might be fucking dying from the inside out. But uh, bit of a mix-up today at KF, actually. Ordered a Zinger box. Uh, so did someone else, apparently. But I think they got the Zinger Crunch. Bit of a mix-up. I actually I uh, took the order, walked out, just had a little fingers in the box. Uh, the KFC variety, of course. Um, but... Fingers in the box, just checked. I was like, oh yeah, that's a Zinger box, confirmed. Because they gave me a Pepsi. I asked for a different drink, but I was like, I'll accept the Pepsi. We can roll with that. Uh, but yeah, I actually took this guy's Zinger Crunch Burger. So shout out to the guy who just got my normal Zinger Burger. My sincerest apologies, but I got small chips, you got large chips. So I think we're even. And yeah, again, I think I actually might be dying from the inside out. So if someone said KFC, it fucking wasn't me. I think it's actually my stomach just saying, no more, please. Can we get like a salad in us? Can we have like an apple or something, please? So maybe that's also some homework for the weekend wrap. Don't eat a bunch of shitty food before I record. So apologies if you've heard some of the rudest, grossest churnings of my stomach. That is like the biggest no-no on a podcast to have that shit. But yeah, did someone say KFC? Shut up and take my money. That is it for today. That is truly it. Now I'm just venturing into unnecessary territory. So yeah, before I shit myself or vomit, let's, let's call it. That was the NRL Indigenous Round Preview. It's going to be a great weekend of action. Headlined, in my opinion. Uh, by two of the indigenous superstars of our game, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell. I think South's are in for a real big one this weekend. And I'm in for a real big one this weekend. Sit my ass down Thursday night all the way through. Going to watch every game. Come back on Sunday for the Weekend Rap Podcast. Pronunciations coming out the wazoo. 
we'll put this all behind us. But that has been the preview podcast. I shouldn't be waffling on any longer than I already have. Thank you so much for listening, not just to the preview, but also to the fucking the stomach. Oh my goodness. Ah, oh, blimey, crikey, jeepers, creepers, all of the above. Thank you for listening. Much appreciated as always. And most importantly, enjoy the footy this weekend. Warriors have the bye, so hopefully your team gets up. Every team, hopefully every team gets up. Draws across the whole competition. I don't really care. Up the bloody wires. Have a wonderful week. This podcast was sponsored by My Growling Stomach. Crying out for help since 1996.